It's time to feel the rage. Welcome to Film Rage, where we talk movies. It is all about the streaming again, as the movie theaters have now been closed for nine weeks. The gestation period for dogs is nine weeks. Yep, from the time the egg is fertilized, it goes from only four cells to a cute and cuddly puppy in only nine weeks. How does that seem like such a short time, yet these last nine weeks have seemed like such a long time? Once again, I've lost my train of thought. I believe I was about to say, directors and actors beware as you cannot hide from the rage. My name is Bryce and I'm part of the Film Rage crew, which also includes Jim. Joining us through what we hope is a much cleaner remote device. Hello, Jim. Hey, hey. So, with the introductions out of the way, let's rage on. Well, this week, uh, we're talking streaming, but not from the usual places. We talk the lists, update, uh, film genre faves for foreign language films. Open Rage, Rage or Dare, and then Fin, Finite, Acabada, Terminado, Shuyo. Ah, you get the idea. I do. Uh, but before we start, I want to thank all the Ragers who are listening from around the world. We want to thank every listener and hope that you comment on social media and streaming services to help us make our show as fun for you as it is for us to do. Hey, I'm a poet. Nice. Uh, here's a quick list of the places now listening to us around the world in Canada, where we are here in the fabulous city of Calgary in the fantastic province of Alberta. Uh, we have um, Ontario, Saskatchewan, BC. And again, like I mentioned, most of our listeners are from Alberta. In the US, we have New Jersey, DC, Florida, Michigan, and others. Countries outside of North America, we have Bangladesh, Ireland, Philippines. And finally, our most downloads outside of North America come from us from the lovely country slash continent, Australia. Well, throw some shit on Barbie. Think Team America here, people. Well, I'll be damned. Thanks to all you ragers. <laughs> and apparently, you all love the rage. So let's listen to some streaming. Nice. Streaming, motherfucking streaming. I really wanna sing about this streaming. Streaming, man. Oh, this week, Bryce, what happened, buddy? What happened, indeed? Uh, so <laughs> That's a loaded question. <laughs> it really is. A whole lot of stuff happened. Were you talking about anything in particular? Maybe streaming. All right. So, things for streaming this week were a little lean. Um, we were dangerously close to having to watch a David Spade movie. Oh, my God. But thank goodness for the Calgary International Film Festival coming to the rescue with their Sif at Home series. Yes. They offered up two documentaries, which we will be reviewing. All the Wild Horses and Buddy, both available through Sif's website, which apparently is no longer... Calgaryfilm.com, but they now have a what? brand. Yeah, they have a brand new address, sifcalgary.ca, uh, which seems a little redundant. SIF stands for Calgary International Film Festival, so essentially their new address is Calgary International Film Festival, Calgary. So Calgary twice. Um, Why not? Twice is nice for half the price. I don't know. That's kind of weird. I don't know. Maybe there's a SIF Edmonton or SIF. California. I don't know. There's not. Anyhow, both docs we will be reviewing are both available at sifcalgary.ca. That is C-I-F-F calgary.ca. Yeah. So first we are going to review all the wild horses. Embrace yourself because I'm going to talk for a while because I really liked it. Um, Directed by Evo Marlowe. Hush your mouth. This is about the Mongol Derby, Derby, a 600-plus mile horse race, which generally follows the route of that Genghis Khan craft. Genghis Khan! (laughs) Created back in 1224 to deliver info throughout his empire. Um, The terrain in Mongolia is especially challenging for the riders in this competition, not so much for the horses. Um, They're used to the environment. 
It is amazing that in this modern incarnation of this race that only one horse has died and it was later established that it was from a pre-existing condition. Um, the riders, on the other hand, are way more likely to perish <laughs> uh, in this ultimate endurance race. I thought they race. were all going to die. <laughs> it kind of looked like it at one point. Like they, they had all definitely suffered. Um, the terrain they must tackle goes from high passes to green open valleys to wooded hills to river crossings, wetlands and floodplains to sandy dunes to rolling hills back to dry riverbeds to grassland plains with no trees, all while experiencing extreme fluctuations in temperature. Wet and cold turns to hot and dry in an instant. That was like the longest sentence ever written. <laughs> and I said it in one breath. Oh and, oh, and by the way, they're doing all this while riding wild horses that they have never ridden before. I know. Which is kind of crazy. I, like, well, some of them had never been ridden. I don't think so, yeah. Wow. It's crazy. Uh, the race generally lasts about 10 days where the riders have to get from twenty, uh, get to about 25 to 28 checkpoints throughout the race, where at every checkpoint they have to switch to a brand new horse. Um, this way the horses are protected as, you know, they never travel more than 25 miles. Also at every checkpoint, the horse's heart rate is checked. And if it's too high or if it does not get back to normal within a half hour, um, there are severe time penalties for the rider. Um, once again, this is to protect the horses from being pushed beyond their limits. Uh, the horse's health is of utmost importance in this race. Um, usually the race consists of around 40 riders. Um, that's a big race. Uh, the filmmakers focus on about 10 of the riders, um, all from different backgrounds and all interesting in their own way. I love the horse whisperer from South Africa. I was sort of rooting for him through the whole thing. Yeah, he was great. Yep. I really enjoyed this film. Um, I felt the filmmakers really showed us kind of the roller coaster of emotions the competitors endured. Uh, I felt like I was right in the race with them. I give this movie a mondo. What do you think, Jim? Well... I like this movie. I thought it was good. I think the um, premise of it was pretty surprising. Like I originally, when you said, "Hey, you want to watch a?" This is this is my best yeah. impression of Bryce. Hey, you want to watch a, a story about horses? I was like, "No, I'm not to fucking horses." That is a perfect impression of me. That's exactly what I sound like. Sometimes, yeah, that's what I hear. I hear in my ears anyway. And I was like, "I don't want to watch horses." Mm -hmm. that's what's going inside my head so no i did not want to watch a movie about horses running around and and being wild i was like no that sounds like something not fun at all i bet you're glad you did though i'm glad i did i'm glad you twisted my arm a bit to see this movie because uh yeah this is a super mondo for me i want everybody any listeners now if you're actually you know driving your car pull over be safe when you're you're doing this but i want you to close your eyes and imagine you're seeing Shaun of the dead because the one scene uh, from one of the um, main competitors, in fact, she was the leader pretty much for the whole movie. Well, for, for a lot of the movie. Yeah, she was pretty much leading. She, she, she was had kicking an ass. insurmountable lead until... Until she got, like, she's off wandering in the, in the desert. They, she was, like, crazed and, like, ha, ha, so sunburnt. She, like, she, she looked like a lobster. And, uh, and then she just, like... Leans over and pukes all everywhere, <laughs> and and but the funniest part was so they they have you know like a movies are supposed to bring in all the suspense, so there's a a scene in the movie where so and so it's, all the suspense is happening because oh my god something's happened to her and and there's just like bum 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 and then all of a sudden it's like blah and she pukes everywhere. It was awesome. It was just like the scene from Shaun of the Dead where they're doing the da 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 da. Uh, yes. It was it was so funny. Uh, so, so much puke. So much puke, and she just like nonstop. And finally, I think she puked herself dry. She pretty she puked herself out of the competition. Yeah, actually, <laughs> yeah. I was like, hey, how did you get knocked out of the competition? I just puked myself out. You it know, happens. So I'm, I'm a leader, but but yeah, the <clears throat> the camaraderie of the riders. The, the way that you really felt each one of them. I know that some of them didn't get as much glory as the other ones, yeah. but that team of four, the oh, two men and the and, two women. And they were totally looking out for each, for each other. I mean, you know, it didn't. It did, what came first was everybody's safety. And if someone went yeah. down, it doesn't matter yeah. where you, what your position was in the race. You, you helped that guy out. You did what you had to do. 
Um, and you know, a lot of stuff happened in this race. So yeah. Really, uh, really worth worth ch taking the journey for sure. And the dude from Africa, man, the horse whisperer. Oh, he was so awesome. He was so awesome. Well, it got to the end. He's actually in contention, and he's more worried about get you know showing these guys that he can he can get on this, this horse, horse that no one that, that can no one on. can get on. He's yeah. like, no, no, give me a few minutes with I'm him. I'm the horse whisperer. I'm the horse whisperer. I can totally do this. And he did. And he totally did. But you know, he's to in, his he's, own loss. Exactly. He's, he's in this race, so you know, instead of possibly being able to win it he, he came in fifth <laughs> yeah eh. but you know that's the thing with these type of huge i don't know it's it's obviously a different culture than what you would normally see from a sporting event because yeah. you've got you know supreme competitors like the lady who was at the front devon i think oh was she name, was right? she was she was uber competitive yeah, oh, too much that she wasn't drinking enough and not properly you know hydrating herself or whatever and yet these other people were like, they're in for the joy of traveling across Mongolia yeah. in this race. So yeah, it was, it was a Mondo All for different me. walks of life and all different uh, desires and all different uh, goals. It was uh, just really interesting. Really interesting characters too. Yeah, it was good. Um, so everyone out there thinking the same thing as me is, I don't want to watch motherfucking docking uh, horses. So worth it. So worth it. Yeah, I agree. All right. So from a Mondo, where, where are we going next? Well, we're going to, this, we're stepping away from Sif here for a minute. Or Kiff or About whatever. as far away from it as you Sef can step, as you really. Could possibly yeah. step. So There's no way they were programming this one. No, I could never see. No. <laughs> I'm just trying to imagine just that. no. Uh, no. So this was um, Vin Diesel at his absolute most annoying. Half the time, <laughs> he was... Like talking with marbles in the mouth, and the other half he was talking about. I had to actually put the uh, subtitles on. I was watching most of it because as I'm watching, I'm like, I have no fucking clue what he's saying. So it was like, oh, I'm sorry. What's your dialogue? Why are they hiring this guy? He's not even likable. Like everything in this movie was like annoying as fuck. I was just like, can someone please kill him? And then they would kill him and he would come back. And I'm like, why does he keep coming back? Just someone unplug him or whatever he had to do. Take the nanobots out of his ass. Whatever needed to happen to get this guy to stop coming back. He's not likable in any way, shape or form. I can't understand why this guy's a superhero. And, um... Was the action was good? I liked the action. I liked um, the CGI, and I thought was really well done. Like, there's a scene where um, they're kind of in a tunnel or whatever, it, yeah. and, and it felt like kind of like 28 days later when they're in the tunnel, and, and except for the zombies coming, it's it's Vin Diesel's coming. Vin Diesel's coming, <laughs> and there was like 50 of them and one of him. Yeah. I just took everybody out. So there was some good action. There was some good, but overall, the the movie was predictable. And it was just another non-essential needed superhero movie, really. Yeah, uh, this movie was dumb. Um, but I suppose it was harmless enough, uh, to be honest. It's been about three days since I saw it, and I can barely remember it. Yeah, that's normally a rage or a meh for you, yeah, isn't that's, it? That's usually a meh. Uh, so uh, on that note, normally this type of lackluster fare would have me giving a rating of... No. Wrong button. That's the, <laughs> That's the button. It would be given a meh in, in normal circumstances. However, one thing did get to me. What on earth is Guy Pierce doing in this film? Yeah, Guy Pierce, shame on you. Why would he involve himself with this uninspired movie? Guy Pierce is a really good actor. Come on, Guy. You're better than this. You're not making our list, buddy. Yeah, so because Guy Pierce took the role of Dr. Emil Harding, this movie goes from a meh to a rage. It's your fault that this is a rage, Mr. Pierce, and that is something he will have to live with for the rest of his life. And Please. Could please. potentially get him off our list. It could, yeah. Please for at least eight movies. Please choose better roles from now on, man. All right, from that steaming pile, a poop to something a little better. Uh, Buddy, uh, Buddy's from 2018 is directed by Hetty Honigman and is also available to stream at sifcalgary.ca. It's a nice little documentary. Um, so basically, uh, this doc is about service dogs and the fact that they are indispensable to their owners. Uh, we got to know a series of people and their dogs, and we were shown the impact of these relationships um, and, you know, the impact that it had on their lives from a lady from a, with a limited range of motion. 
uh, to an autistic child, to a war vet with post-traumatic stress disorder, to a blind lady. Um, we were shown that no matter what the situation, these special intuitive creatures are up to the task and man, do they take their job seriously. Um, we were shown the undeniable bond between human and dog and the deep trust that, it, that, is a, that exists. Um, I really liked this movie. Uh, Mondo, what do you say, Jim? Um, I liked it. I thought it was a good movie. The stories, the character development for each one of the, the animals and their their human friend, is guess what I'll say. They they did they put it together really well. I think the I really like the fact that they showed them in their everyday life. Sometimes these stories don't. They just break down all the exciting things. Some of it was a little too boring because of that. I found they're just boring. Yeah, you know there was a lot of walking in it. So for me, it was boring. For you, it was like pure joy it was bliss yeah so i mean you're bound to get that with you know dog movies yeah dogs tend to get walked they do get walked and then they're pooping they also showed that it was exciting i like the pooping scenes yeah the pooping scenes were good but uh actually the scene i liked the best was when they went to that uh the metal concert yeah with the guy in the wheelchair yeah that was with twisted sister sister playing in the background and they took it not they didn't take it they did take it I thought they weren't going to take it. But they did. They took it. So, yeah, I mean, I like this movie. I can't give it a Mondo. And the reason I can't go all the way to Mondo on this is that I've seen enough of these type of um, shows where they have the animals that are super, super animals. I thought the director did do a pretty good job. So I think everybody should see this movie. But I think that I've seen some other ones that are done like this that I liked better. That I think they just got more out of it. So, yeah, still a good movie. It's worth checking out. But for me, it was meh. Mondo. All right. Well, I think that's that's it for streaming. We haven't got... There's nothing else. What does that music mean? That means last week on the lists, Bryce put forward John Merenthal for undoubted which meant I think that's Bernthal you're whatever too many, you're putting too, barren, too many too many oons too many syllables man Bernthal thank you <coughs> there we go which meant that I had to watch Widows and Shot Caller to be able to be the decider it's all on you buddy and I, and I reminded Bryce that we have Robert Rodriguez still pending because he hadn't seen some of those movies true story so did he end up watching Shark Boy and Lava Girl. Will the terrible acting of Taylor Lautner make him rage? Or will Rodriguez be able to pull it out and make the list? Let's see what happened and what happens next. Rice, why don't you tell me about Robert Rodriguez first? Well, tactfully, I had two movies that I could watch, and I decided, well, why don't I watch the latest one? That way, if it's really bad, I don't have to watch the other one. So I didn't see the Shark boy lava girl thing because Pumpkin. i didn't because i didn't have to watch it what because i watched i don't even remember what's called spy kids, kids 4b for for, uh, for four times delicious yes so let me just say uh you are such a dick for watch making me watch this jim <laughs> yes i am I feel as though you got me with two dare movies, <laughs> as this was worse than your dare from last week, no, which, we, which we will touch upon in a later segment. No, it was not. Robert Rodriguez has no chance of being undoubted. He's going to make these kids' movies. Uh, they're just total garbage. I am not sure what age group this is for. I'm talking about Spy Kids 4D, all the time in the world. So much time. Which was a good name for it because it seemed to take all the time in the world to watch it. And it definitely was not for anyone with an intellect over the age of three. But it was way too violent for that age, so I have no idea who this was intended for. Um, Maybe people who are like emotionally damaged. You figure? Maybe. Uh, well, there was lots of potty humor and a ton of bad special effects. Um, this keeps Mr. Rodriguez off the undoubted list for the foreseeable future. I cannot believe I watched the whole thing. Nicely played, Jim. You got me. You are such a dick. I am. And then I ate the bowl. Yes. <laughs> All right. You've kept me in suspense long enough. What's the verdict on John Bernthal? Wait, I just kind of want to reminisce here for a minute. Let's not try and jump 
to John right away. Okay. Let's just go back to the fact that this was probably one of the best pranks ever pulled in <laughs> Rager Dare history. The fact that, because Robert Rodriguez has made some great films. It's probably his last five yeah. Yeah. have been amazing. They've really? been Mondos. Yeah. And, and then you just like, I'd never even heard of this movie. And there was a reason why. Well, I, I didn't. Heard I, did, I never have heard of Spy Kids. I didn't realize he, he had like four Spy Kids <laughs> movies. <laughs> that should almost. I mean that. In Which, a row. by the way, spy, I saw Spy Kids and it sucked too, but not like this. <laughs> this super. Like sucked. this was ridiculous. Yeah, it was pretty bad. I can't believe how bad the special effects were. It's like, what? I wanted to double down on it. I figured if I brought him forward now, that I get two rages from you in one week. I'm just glad that I didn't watch Shark Boy, Boy and Lava Girl no. first. Well, you would have got to see Taylor Lautner before he became big yeah, yeah. and then disappeared. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, let me tell you about Windows and Shot Caller. Yes. So, Windows, loved it. It's Mondo. Cool. Uh, I think uh, Viola Davis. Yeah, she's in it. He's in our mesmerized list, is she's, she not? She's also Mondo, and yes, she is in our mesmerized yeah. list. And I don't know, we have to do a bit more digging on her. What does she... Oh, she's made some Marvel shit, hasn't she? Yeah, she's been in some bad stuff. Yeah. We, I really wanted her on the list, but it just can't happen Yeah, She keeps picking... Some, yeah, it's not over. She's she's she's, she's got still alive. A lot of, she's alive. She's, she's alive. making movies. She's That's making right. good movies. And she's freaking mesmerizing. Let's let's so mesmerizing. Everything she's in, she's just brilliant. So yeah, that was good. Um, it, you know, it it almost dropped to a mat at points because Liam Neeson was in it, and I used to love Liam Neeson. Like there was a time. There was a time when Liam Neeson was undoubted, and then he started doing stupid movies that had the same plot over Taken. The whole Taken series made me well, rage. It wasn't, it wasn't just Taken. I mean, every movie... Taken that, 1 was good. Taken 2 they're was, all was silly bad. Revenge and movies. Taken 3 was probably the worst movie he's ever even watched, let alone been in. He fell into kind of the Charlie Bronson sort of make the same thing over and over yeah. again. Yeah. It's like, wait... Like Death Wish 9 or whatever. <laughs> How many Death Wishes did he I make? I don't know. I heard a, a rumor. Lot. I've heard... Yeah, I don't know. It, <laughs> Yeah, him coming back at the end was no surprise, by the way. So, spoiler, everybody. But uh, overall, the movie was well-crafted, well-written. The direct, the action was great. And and our little buddy that we're putting up is Undoubted, who was in it for maybe 1.5 minutes in the entire movie. He's so good. He's like, thank God he hitched himself to that wagon. It's what he does. He, <laughs> he hitches himself to good movies. Yeah, to good wagons. And, uh, he, you know, I fell in love with him, actually, on uh, Walking Dead. Because I used to be a huge Walking Dead fan. Yeah, I didn't even know he was on Walking Dead. Yeah, he was in the first season. He was the bad guy. He was doing everybody's wives while they were supposedly half dead. His best friend's wife, man. Wow. That's not cool. He plays a bad guy. Almost as bad as a zombie. And then he became a zombie. Uh, Yeah, so it was Amondo. And Shot Caller. We're halfway Um, there? Yeah, you know... As this long, almost got to Mondo. As long as this is a man, I think he's in. It's it it um it did get a man. He's in. Nice. It almost made it to Mondo because I actually really liked uh, a lot of the actors in it. Yeah. In fact, he was probably the weakest actor in it in this role that he played. But the yeah, it was a solid movie. The prison guy from Game of Thrones, all grimy and gritty, tattooed up. It was good, yeah. Once Mondo. again, you're talking about some television show I know nothing about. You never heard. I what, know. It's hard to believe that you've never heard of the Game What's of a Walking Thrones? Dead? You know, it's a book, too, right? I know. Game of Thrones? No you've heard idea. of books, too, right? I thought it was like a board game. <laughs> it game, is a board game, 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 too. Is it? There you go. <laughs> it's probably a comic, and it's a lunchbox, and a whole bunch of stuff. Fantastic. Yeah. So we got, uh, we got, commercialism. Uh, we got one and not another. Now... Have you got anybody else you want to throw into the mix for this week? Well. Is this a surprise? Is this, are we going to bring another fantastic Asian uh, director, actor, actress from Beyond the Graves? What? No. uh, This time we're going to go with someone who's, uh, you know, still making stuff. What? Although it's actually been a while since he's made anything, but I believe he's got something in the works. Um, but I am nominating Mr. Paul Thomas Anderson, the, the director for Undoubted. Um, let's go back or backwards from uh, you know most recent to uh, oldest movie, uh, and I think you will agree that this guy will be Undoubted. 
Phantom. I'll be the decider. Yes, you will, because we got to agree or he don't go on the list. Phantom Thread 2017 was a Mondo. And I will agree that was a Mondo. Cool. Uh, Jun Nun from 2015. This is the one that's going to take some people by surprise. Jun they're gonna, exactly. They're going to go, what? Jun, Jun, I've never heard of that. It's Jun, spelled J U N U N. If you pronounce Jun Nun. Jun Nun, I believe. Uh, 2015. Uh, it's a documentary about the making of the album Jinun by Israeli composer Shai Ben Sur hmm. and Radiohead guitarist Johnny Greenwood. What? Exactly. Uh, with the in- Indian ensemble band the Rajasthan Express. Uh, this was a super mondo. If you get a chance to watch it, please do. Uh, the music's tremendous. Got little uh, interviews in between. Uh, I, I just think anybody that watches it, you know, if you want to feel some joy and some really good music it's it's just really really fun to watch now i have not seen this so i am going to have to see this obviously i have a feeling i'm gonna like it because all right we've got radiohead involved so yep. or parts of radiohead parts of radio uh, it's actually their the, the their producer too is involved he's what? actually recording it, it's so. double radiohead yeah we, so so it's i'm i have a feeling it's going to but obviously we can't put them on until just, just for the music, it's good. Yep. It can't be worse than a Mac, because if you don't like this music, you're an idiot. That's true. Sometimes I am, though. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, then we've got Inherent Vice from Mondo, 2014. Super Mondo. Absolute Mondo. Uh, the Master from 2012. Mondo. Yep, also Mondo. There Will Be Blood from Super duper bloody Mondo. <laughs> it sure was. Dad-hating Mondo. <laughs> sure was. Punch Drunk Love from 2002. Yeah. Mondo. Mondo. Uh, Magnolia from 1999. Mondo for me. Hmm. Can't be worse than a man. It's not worse than a man. I love Tom Cruise when he's oh, that performance being so all good. cruisy and stuff. I, I tell you, that was that, that movie. I, that's the movie I was in where more people walked out of it than, than I, I had ever experienced. <laughs> that were in the movie? No, no. They were in the movie theater. I was crazy. When Tom Cruise was doing on his... Uh, is a profanity laden little diatribe there. Yeah, there is about nine couples in the in the uh, in the movie. About eighteen people left. They're just filing out of there. And I was like, "Why are you leaving? This is so good." It's the best part, fuckers. <laughs> I tell you, I don't even like the blue language, and I'm loving this. Yeah, super blue. So beyond that, eight back is Boogie Nights, 1997. Mondo, absolute Mondo. And then even if nothing you go, like a strap on. Even if you go nine back to Hard Eight. Oh, that's also a Mondo. 1996, that's also a Mondo as well. I mean, that made my uh, best uh, dramas of all time. I think it was like 9 or 10. What? Hard 8? Yeah. Hmm. It, it is good. It is. It's so good. Super good. Yeah, it's got a little uh, real young John C. Riley in it. I know, right? Gwyneth Paltrow going He's on. He's a little baby. Little John. He's a baby. You. That is all nine of his films, and they are all Mondo, according to me. You might have a man in there, but... Well, I'm going to have to see Jonun. Yep. And give you my... So he's on base, as we like to say in the Rage crew. He's nice. on base. Uh, but sounds like he's a shoe-in. Cool. Cool. Well, I've got... You got some? Yeah, don't you run from me. Don't you run from me. I was me. about to go to the next segment. No, you don't run from me. All no. right, what do you got for me? I have something for Don't mesmerized. disappoint me. I'm not going to make you rage. I'm going to give you two mesmerized. Now, lay it on me. Number one is a man. I think he's a man. Robert Duvall. I'm pretty think, sure he's a man. Does he identify as a man? Yeah. Then he's a man. I think he's mesmerizing. What do you think? I don't know why I made that sound because absolutely he's mesmerizing. Yeah, think Apocalypse Now on the beach. To be honest, for some reason, every time he comes up, I'm always wrestling Ernest Hemingway. He was so good in that. Oh, he's um, him, him and Richard Harris. Oh my goodness. He's. T- I don't know why he's so. He's so good. Yeah. But you know, he's one that we could talk about for Undoubted. I don't know if he's made some bad shit I, lately. I though. think he has, but you know what? That's something I'll definitely look into. Put in a highlight. Yeah. And my number two. Yes. And I don't mean because she's poo. It's Allison Janney. Allison Janney. Who is fabulous and yeah, everything. She's pretty awesome. I did I did actually blast through her movies, though. So she's made a couple 
She's made some craptastic. Stinkers. So, well, actually, yeah. not even tastic. They're just crap. Yeah, she's made some bad stuff. So she can't be undoubted, but, nope, she's, but she's definitely some, mesmerizing. She's, she's, she's mesmerizing, and she's made some real good stuff too. All right. Well, we've got three new additions this week. That's great. Wow. And wow. one on base, on deck. Three new additions. Yeah, we got Allison Janney for yep. Mesmerize. We got Robert Duvall yep. for Mesmerize, and we got John that I, we we're putting him on for Undoubted. Oh yeah, John. How could I forget that? Because I can't pronounce his name. John it's made you forget. Burnthal. Burnthal. Nice. Well, that was a productive week for very the old, productive was, week. That's a lot of names we're yeah. adding. So hey, people out there, by the way, who are listening to this, if you got an idea, yeah, give us the challenge. We uh, and if you don't know, check out our website, which has the rules for the for all of our lists. We got the undoubted, we've got the doubted, and we've got the mesmerized list. So if you've got a person you think we should add to the list, throw it out there. Let us know. We'll uh, we'll judge it and, and tell you if you got. If you're stupid or crazy or fucked in the head or if you're right on, right on, right on. We'll let you know. And, you know, we are the authority. <laughs> That's right. At least as far as we're concerned. All right. Well, you know what that means? We got to break down some film genre favorites. This time what it's are we doing? foreign language films. So if they don't speak English. Or at least mostly not speak English. Ah, mostly. Sounds like you might be cheating a little. I might have a little cheat, but it was dubbed, so you'll find out when we get there. All right. We get there. Now, I I put a huge list together because this was the toughest. This was. I just. Nice. This was the toughest list for me because I watched so many foreign films. This was so hard. This is harder than drama. I know. You watch a lot of dramas. I mean, you watch a lot of It's not that even that I watch a lot of dramas. It's just that everything's a drama. So you're a drama. Uh, Sometimes. (laughs) But yeah, so so this was really tough for me. And uh, I tried to give a good, I mean, I could have stuck with one director and done a whole, my whole list to one director, but I didn't do that. I wanted to spread my love around. Cool. All around. So number 10 on my Honorable mentions, and I'm going to blast through these as quick as possible. Right on. The Vanishing from 1988, or Spurlus, was original title. I was lucky enough to see this in theaters when it came out. This Netherlands serial killer film started a great international craze of serial killer films well before Hannibal was even a wet dream in his daddy's diaper. This movie was fantastic, and it spawned, uh, again... We've talked about this in the in the podcast in the past. Another American remake of it, which was terrible and totally fucked up the ending. But yeah. this one is the best ending and one of the best movies of all time. Cool. Number nine, honorable mentions. Amour from 2012. Who thought dying could be so beautiful? It's from France and Austria co-production. Yep. The Mermaid, 2016. Funny, cute, and Chinese. This is a film for everybody. Yeah, I was so happy I got to see that in the theater. Yeah, me too. So good. Number seven, Rouge Sang from 2013, a.k.a. The Storm Within. This is a French-Canadian horror period piece. Period piece. Was lucky enough to spend an entire evening drinking with the director on this film a few years ago at SIF screening. Great film, great, great film, even though it's a period piece. So there. Yeah, that was uh, that was the one with that ending that was uh, pretty shocking One of the stuff. best endings ever in any movie. Yeah. Yeah, it's the one with the British coming in. Right. And, uh, yeah, such a I love great, that movie. Yeah. That movie was so good. So good. So anybody out there, give some props to our buddies from Quebecois. Who makes some pretty amazing films. Sorry, f- for me, just mention the name of that one again. Rouge Sang. R-O-U-G-E. S, new word, S-A-N-G. Or S-A-N-G, yes. Also, you can shoot, 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 search The Storm Within. The Storm Within. Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to watch that one again. You're going to watch it and love it. And uh, number six, honorable mentions, is Beanpole or Dilda. So good. From 2019. This was my favorite film so far of this year. So there's nothing I've seen that's better than this this year. Uh, I've seen one. Uh, yeah, but you're wrong because this one's better. Well, you haven't seen it, so you can't really say that, Jim. 
Oh, that's right. I haven't seen it. <laughs> it's true. I haven't. Um, this is a Russian drama. is a masterpiece. Uh, and scenes still in are still with me. Like uh, we, and it's also now available on iTunes, so you can all rent it. It's yeah, called Beanpole. Yeah, there are some scenes in that that will stay with you. And this remind me, was this a Sif? film or was this Cinematech? This was Sif. All right. Well, Sif, you're just bringing us the joy all the time, aren't you? Yeah, thanks, guys. This is all Sif, all the time episode. Number five, honorable mentions, El Mariachi from 1992. Robert Rodriguez, first film. Yes, we've already talked about him, uh, but uh, this needs to be recognized again. This is on two of my lists, and that's from Mexico. Nice. Number four, Starbuck, 2011. French-Canadian, another Quebecois film, and I think the final Quebecois film on my lists. Uh, so fun and funny a premise and story so good that Hollywood also tried to do a remake yeah, of it Vince and Vaughan. totally fucked it up like they normally do yeah it was pretty bad so even again this is a little bit of a cheat it's not necessarily my country's foreign language because it is our second language but it's foreign to me because I don't speak all français you are such a cheater cheater uh, number three Seventh Seal. This has also been on another one of my lists. 1957's Ingemar Bergman. Say no more. It's cool. from Sweden. It's good. Number two, Ron from 1985. Akira Kurosawa's best visual epic. So much beauty and so much rage. It's from Japan. Yeah. Who doesn't love lots and lots of rage? Nice. Number one on my honorable mention, which I have to say, I had to rewatch this on the weekend. Because originally I thought it was going to be my number one of all time, but wait, so it went from your number one of all time to number eleven to number eleven, and that's Life Is Beautiful, 1997's Roberto Benigni's Oscar-winning masterpiece. This movie has everything you could want from any film ever done anywhere. It will make you laugh, cry, hate, love. I love Benigni, and I just even watching it on the weekend, I love him. I just found after watching it the second time, the surprises aren't there. So the whole thing he did with his kid kind of took it away from me. It's still an amazing film. And if no one's ever seen this, they have to see this movie. Oh, it's worth watching. But it couldn't it's make good. my top 10. It got bumped out by quite a few more brilliant films. And the 10. Yes. The 10 biggins. Number 10, The Gods Must Be Crazy. And here's another bit of a cheat because... There's a lot of English in that. There's a lot of English, but it wasn't filmed that way. It was filmed in Afrikaans. So uh, I, I don't th I've only seen the dubbed version, which is the which actually is the funnier version, I'm sure. Yeah, it's kitschy. It, I normally wouldn't say dubbed movies should be better than one that's actually the original language, but this one made it so funny because they were so bad about it. Um, so think Woody Allen meets Laurel and Hardy meets South Africa. Uh Although, like I said, most of it is in English. There is some Afrikaans actually spoken in it, and um, it's from South Africa, Botswana. Number nine, L from 2016, film by my buddy, Paul Verhoeven. This is, in my opinion, the best character ever developed in any movie ever made. The mix of Verhoeven and Isabelle Hubert were a match made in heaven. Oh, maybe hell. If you know her character, if you have seen this movie, you'll yes. know. Um, by the way, why isn't she in on the mesmerized list? Because she was in that terrible movie that oh came no. at SIF last year, oh remember? No. That we Mes went and saw? Mesmerized, not on. Oh, yeah, she would be mesmerized. Well, bring that up next week. <laughs> Maybe I will. <laughs> when, it's, when it's the right time in the segment. Sorry about that. <laughs> All right, number eight is Wreck from 2007. Uh, awesome. Start of one of the best trilogies ever created from any genre or any country. One half of this direction team, Paco Plaza, uh, continues to make every film I've seen of his better and better. He moves as he moves forward. Spanish zombies. Yes, please. I'll take three helpings. Wreck one, two, and three. Nice. And it's from Spain. It is. Number seven, Like Father, Like Son. This 2013 is one of uh, Hirokazu Korida's films that are part of his Family Values trilogy, the series which also includes I Wish and After the Storm. I love this Japanese director and find no other director alive today captures deep, impactful family dramas better than him. It's from Japan and... Everything about this guy I love. 
Cool. He could be one that we could also add to Undoubted, potentially. We should look into it. We will. Uh, the addition from 1999, <laughs> Takashi Miike, at his screenwriting and directorial maniacal best, you know shit is going to happen, and he strings us along so well. <sighs> but when the end comes, you almost can't believe what happens. I think the line, goody, 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 is where the band Die Antwerd got some of their lyrics from. Nice. Bring the slow burning creep to a delicious, messy joygasm for Japanese film. Delicious. Nice. Number five, and I'm sure this isn't a surprise to you or anybody else, but number five happens to be Train to Busan. Train to Busan, what a shock. It's in your top ten. I know. Well, that's made even make my top ten for all movies of all time. There you are. 2016 Korean zombies who run like motherfucking maniacs and team up to eat their fill. One of the best matchups of cute kids who are smart mixed with adults, and they didn't make me want to punch their cute little faces in. That happens most times, as you know. Cute kids trying to be smart make me want to punch them in the face. Yeah. This is from Korea. And the sequel, Peninsula, is coming out. Hopefully, we see it in the theaters this summer, spring, winter, other spring, other S summer. Someday. Someday. My, my, it's my dream in life. Number four. And we're going to be talking about this next week even more. We're breaking it down with our buddy George from the Best Little Horror House in Philly. Number four is Let the Right One In, 2008. Swedish Vampire Brilliance. You can't beat cute kids that are really old that are vampires. <laughs> yes. And it's from Sweden. So good. Number three, Pan's Labyrinth from 2006. Guillermo del Toro. Not cool. his first film, but his first time uh, using his native tongue. Because before that, he'd made a couple of uh, English-speaking films. So, wow, this film blew my mind from the first moment I saw it. Spanish-Mexico co-production. Number two, Tai Guk Gi from 2004. The Brotherhood of War. Yeah, that's the one that you've been bugging me to watch. I know you hate war movies, but this one you could not hate. You uh, could not hate. All right, tell me about it one My more time. My favorite war movie ever made, director G. Kayu Kang at his finest. This was one of the first Korean war films I ever saw, and it made me fall in love with that whole subgenre of Korean film. And Korean films, for people who don't, who've only been really fallen in love with them from Parasite, have to realize there is some really, really great, great, oh, great films coming out of Korea. They've been pumping them out, man. It's yeah, like nonstop. It's almost like if it comes from Korea, I want to be it. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, you got me convinced. I'm going to check that one out. Yeah. I promise. Rock on, brother. Number one, and this quite possibly could be my favorite movie of all time. All right. Lay it on me. I, I'm, we're doing horror next week, just so you know. No, this can't be number one. I still have my favorite movie. This could be number two, <laughs> and not. Be oh my god, I was. I can't. I can't even say it. I've been rhyming too much this episode. Two thousand and one. Audrey Totu, Tato, Tato, is brilliant in this Jean-Pierre Junet film. I've seen this so many times over the years, and every time it just keeps getting better and better. And I keep seeing things I didn't miss. There's so many layers to this film. The character development, every single character. They, they, he, he's so brilliant at developing characters with just doing a splattering of seeing them. You know everything about every single one. Um, my favorite line from the movie, I'm nobody's little weasel. Nice. <laughs> so, yeah, my favorite movie, fam favorite foreign language film yes. of all time is Amelie. Amelie. Cool. I kind of like your list, man. That's a good list. I think so. I think it's, it's a, a good damn list. good list. Like there's a few movies on there that I'm like, damn, why isn't that on my list? Because you're slow. But I am locked in on my list. And All right. Here we let's go. So hit me. We are going to start with my honorable mention. So let's start with Tokyo Gore Police from 2008. Yes, uh, please. It is, it is as good as the title would suggest. Japanese Splatterfest. Yum. Now let's follow that up with The Machine Girl from 2008. Another Japanese Splatterfest. Yum. Wow, 2008 was a good year for some insane movies from Japan. 
Uh, also, we're going to mention Wreck from 2007. <laughs> Made your top 10. Yeah, got into my honorable mentions. Pretty Sp close. Yep. Pretty close. It was so close. Spanish movie is the best found footage movie ever. Can't disagree more. Loved every frame of this Spanish masterpiece. Uh, then we got House of Flying Daggers from 2004. So pretty. Uh, yeah, it really was. It's After just, so it, much blood that you just, just poured on just it. Just a really pretty movie to let wash over you. Use of color, especially during some of the fight sequences, was impeccable. And then we've got Cold War from 2018. Brilliant, and I mean brilliant film from Pavel Pavlikowski. A breathtaking Beautiful yet heartbreaking love story set during the Cold War in the 50s. Now let's get on with the main event. 10 best foreign language films Balinga. of all time, according to the only one that matters. Me. Number 10, Adam's Apples from 2005. A movie from Denmark about a neo-Nazi who is sentenced to community service at a church. Yeah, it's a good one. Uh, Mads Mikkelsen is tremendous as the priest Ivan. This is r a really funny effort from director Anders Thomas Jensen. Uh, by the way, Anders Thomas Jensen has directed four movies, and they are all Mondo. You should check him out. Agreed. Number nine. This one will sound familiar. Audition from 1999. Takashi <laughs> Miike. It's a classic. Um, it's wonderful and disturbing. Um, and you'll never forget it. Stunning visuals throughout this story of a rather disturbed young woman. Number eight, Let the Right One in 2008. Oh, Another familiar one. Swedish film from director Thomas Alfredson that rejuvenated the tired old vampire story for me. Every shot in this movie has a purpose. Such a great take on the genre. So much red. Indeed. Number seven, Sin Nombre from 2009. Beautiful film from Mexico about a Honduran girl who ends up with traveling with a gangster as they are trying to cross the U.S. border. Tremendously shot with stunning scenery. Great movie. Um, they spend a lot of time on top of a train in this one and just kind of going through the countryside. It's really good stuff. Number six, Coming Home from 2014. Director Yimu Zhang in one of the most heartbreaking movies you'll ever see. Gong Li stars, and she has never been better. This movie literally had me choking back the tears. Uh, a story of a love lost and the desire to get it back. Number five, Pity from 2018. This is as dark a comedy that has ever been made. This Greek film is the definition of a Greek tragedy. Almost got, almost didn't get that out. Yeah. And Definition of a Greek tragedy. Tragedy. You sounded sad because it, tra it was tragic. It was really tragic. Yet, it's also rather hilarious. Um, it is about a man who finds himself addicted to pity. The lengths that he goes to get said pity will astonish. Love, love, love this movie. That's nice to see a Greek film on there. You know, we yeah. don't see a lot of Greek films here yeah. for whatever it's, reason. It's so good. Uh, I actually did see this at uh, Calgary International oh, Film cool, Festival. Yeah. and. I, I came out of that just blown away. Love, yeah, it was a good film. Movie. Number four, City of God from 2002. Set in the slums of Rio, this movie follows two kids who choose different paths. One wants to become a photographer and the other falls in with a gang. The outcome is a compelling film that is as beautiful as it's thought-provoking. Wow, I'm having t trouble speaking Tongue all the time. Yeah. Number three... Vitalina Varela Whoa, from 2019. It was your favorite of this year. It definitely is. And yet, Beanpole's not even on your list. It's crazy. I, I'm actually kind of... I can't. I, that is an oversight. I must admit. Who would Who would go? That's the tough list. It's, it to is take a tough. Out. I don't know that anybody could go. But yeah, no, love Beanpole. Anyways, Vitalina Varela, 2019. Pedro Costa's masterpiece is perhaps the most gorgeous film I have ever seen. Every static shot in this movie is like a painting. This is not a movie. It is a piece of art. Number two, Embrace of the Serpent, 2015. This film from Colombia is about an Amazonian shaman 
and two scientists in a quest to find a sacred healing plant over the course of 40 years. The story, the visuals, the acting, <sighs> what a great movie. And my number one, Old Boy from 2003. You the, love that movie. I just, I really do. The, I do, the undoubted Chan Wook Park's revenge movie. Absolutely jaw-dropping premise that is executed to perfection by one of the best filmmakers out there. I am rarely shocked these days, but as this story unraveled, I found myself in awe of the tale that was being presented. This is my favorite foreign language film of all time. And it is also from Korea. What a surprise. It's not much of a surprise these days, No, eh? man. No, man. Not at all. Crazy. All right. Well... Great list, buddy. Uh, thank you. Everything. As was Too yours. Too much joy. Bring me down. It's, it's that time. Temperature rising. Vision blurring. Rage taking over. Well, my rage is going to be pretty short this week. This is kind of a similar theme that we've had throughout the podcast. And that originally it was kind of, kind of pissing on Marvel for being the only game in town. Obviously, we know DC's been doing some pretty cool stuff, the Joker and a couple other good stuff that they've done lately. Oh. But, you know, Marvel kind of owns this space. And yeah. so I like said, "Hey, come on, other comic books. Give me some give me something to see." So, what happens? Valiant Comics decide to put out our stinker pot for this week. Bloodshot. Bloodshot. And I'm like, come on, guys. Could you not find a better movie to pull out of your list of fantastic superheroes than someone that's like, okay, wait a minute. Everybody's on to this Deadpool guy. Why don't we have a character that's kind of like Deadpool, but not as cool and not funny at all? And you can't understand a word he says. And he's annoying as fuck. So they put out Blood. Shot. Yes. Not Deadpool, blood shot. If this isn't almost like a blatant ripoff, and I'm not a big, I don't follow comics as much as I do films, but like this, this was, I mean, hey, they kept shooting this guy and then he kept coming back and I'm kind of like, yeah, that's a familiar premise. Yeah. Can, can not someone just kill him? Like unplug him, pull the fucking nanobites that are healing him out of his ass or whatever that. I mean, in, there's so many gaps in this ugh, just movie was just making me rage. And here I was like, come on, another comic book company put out a movie. Do and they something did. Good. And then they did. And I'm like, I don't want you to do that again. Stop it. And yet I, I still don't want Marvel to make. I'm so tired of comic books where everything is predictable and it's the same plot over and over, but with a different character so they can team up and. 20 movies so that half of them die and disappear and retire because they've been making them for 10 fucking years. So I don't know. I'm still pulling to put the challenge out there. Come on. I know image is supposed to be making, I've heard a rumor that image is making a version of invincible, which is um, probably one of the best comics that's ever been done. And it's written by Robert Kirkman. So who's up walking dead fame. So if he's, if they can bring this to, to life, it's got to be good, man, because it's such a good comic. But that's it. I'm done. I don't know if I can watch another comic book movie unless it's made by uh, you will DC. What do you got? Okay. Satan. As Jim has touched upon in one of his past rages, he does not like when a documentary filmmaker... No, I do not. ...tries to push his point of view on no, us... No, I do not. ...in a one-sided way. On that note, real quickly before I go on, thanks for getting me to watch uh, that Bill Gates three-part documentary yes, series on Netflix. Welcome. I actually thought at one point the director was going to get out his pom-poms and do a cheer about how wonderful Bill Gates is. Well, did you ever notice there was a lot of shots just showing him sort of from the waist up? Because the director that. had his dick in his mouth, I bet. Uh, I, I, I believe that. I would believe that. There was a lot of dick sucking I from that to, director to him. It really was. He did, of course, ask him the really tough questions like, 
Do you think that your relentless drive is one of your weaknesses? <laughs> wow. What a hardball question. Yeah. And by the way, how can you be optimistic, optimistic about the innovations proposed in the documentary when not even Bill Gates, a man with considerable resources, cannot even get them off the ground? But he's not doing stuff for free, man. Yeah, he's that, got a, that was one depressing series, man. No, it's joy. You, you're looking at it from your cold, dead heart again, like normally happens. You have to, to wi vitin 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 visit this vision that yeah. Bill Gates has now created something that no one else has done. Number one, but Bill Gates can afford it. it. Bill Gates now, but it's coming. A toilet that you can fucking shit in, and then right after you take a shit, you drink the water that comes out of your shit. Like how great is that? That's like it, the best invention ever been it made is, ever it is, it is anywhere. Fantastic. And he made nuclear power so that it's clean. Oh, I'm sorry. We've had all this nuclear waste that's sitting around. All he's got to do now is sprinkle some bill gates dust on it and it turns to a more nuclear power and it's clean of course we have we have grids that that handled new uh electricity that absolutely can't handle what that's going to do so you'd have to it's not just it's coming yeah. this is future man if you don't have bill gates doing these things he's giving me hope for the future what was the other big one he did you just watched it so there was toilet water there was um nuclear power Oh, and he cured polio or whatever. No, polio? he no. didn't cure polio. He did. Didn't he get the he got the last one out of uh, Africa? No, it was a no. Polio? Was it polio? I thought it was polio. It was a disease that he cured it. He got rid of no, it. No, he didn't. He did. Go watch the documentary again. He didn't. I'm going to do that. Yeah. Right now. You'll, you'll be like super disappointed that he didn't actually do that. He's going to do it. Okay. <laughs> he almost did. Anyways, what I'm really angry about uh, is a documentary that I saw on the weekend that I absolutely refuse to Don't name. Don't say the name. I'm not going to say the name. Don't say it. For fear that others may seek it out and watch it. Um, originally, we were going to review it on the podcast, but I just simply had no interest in having anyone watch this because I talked about it. Um, all it did was promote hate through ridiculous theories based in zero fact. Um, now, all I am saying is if you watch a documentary and the views seem to be skewed heavily in one direction, please take the time to research where and who the information came from. What can be gained from such information and why is this information being presented to you in this way? You may find things being presented as fact are complete fabrications. We live in an age where the documentary is no longer, it no longer documents as much as it prevents a, uh, presents a point of view. And to be honest, over the years, I have come to accept this somewhat. Michael Moore, Morgan Spurlock, and Al Gore skewing some of the facts to fit their narratives, while not exactly ethical, overall relatively harmless. But even in their cases, it's always good to do a little research if you want to get uh, behind something and push. Just because it is presented under the banner documentary film does not necessarily mean it is fact. And if it is promoting an agenda of hate, then shame on the filmmaker. In summary, I just want to reiterate that it's good to question what you're being told. That is how we learn. And as corny as it may sound, knowledge is power. That is my rage for the week. Fake news sucks. Totes. Rage. Subsiding. Pulse. Slowing. Anger fading. Last week on Rage or Dare, Bryce pulled from Jim's sweet, sweet bag the amazing J-Lo and Ben Affleck masterpiece, Jiggly, from 2003. Let's check in on Bryce and see how he feels about this wonderful rom-com. Or did Jiggly make him rage a giant chunk of Benifer out his rectum? Bryce, please tell me what you think about the fantastic film Jiggly from 2003 or not are you there did I lose you I'm here Jim I can Papa can you hear me Papa can you see me Papa Papa where are you Bryce I know you're out there somewhere in in the world in which we live. I don't know what's happening here. I'm 
calling remote, so I can't even see what he's doing. But apparently he's taking his clothes off, or I don't know. What are you doing on the other end of this line? Apparently he's uh, lost his jiggly notes. Okay. Well, sir. <laughs> Tell me about how much rage you felt from watching Jiggly. You know what? It wasn't that bad. What? It really wasn't. This movie is probably one of the worst movies ever made. Okay, well, it had a few things going for it. No, it it had... Okay, let me hear what they are. So the opening scene was, you know, pretty good. We had, uh, you know, Ben Hufleck with a guy in a dryer. Mm-hmm. That's a good way to start a movie. Yeah, but his acting... Was and, that a good way to start that movie? Well, he wasn't at his tip-top best. Keep but going. It, but it was still Ben Hoofplex. <laughs> no, still Rage. So then you get into the movie a little bit, and you know what you get? You get some Christopher Walken. He just appears out of nowhere. It's great. <laughs> he walks into the into Geely's apartment, and he eats up the scenery. It's That's awesome. Good. That's good. And he's in there for about three minutes. Yeah, three minutes does not make a movie. And then he leaves... And then we never see him again. And then we get a little Al Pacino later Oh, thank God. Al Pacino. Al Pacino doing his very um, best impression of himself. And I'm telling you, man, he nailed it. (laughs) I should hope so. He gets paid for it. So in this scene, we get some blood. We get some humor. We get brain splattered all over the place. That's always good. It's a fantastic scene. Yeah. How many minutes was that? As a, probably about four or five. So so far you got seven minutes I'd say of eight. good eight minutes of good film. And how long was the movie? I don't know, an hour and a half. It was actually over two hours. Okay, so oh my god, two hours of pain and suffering. Okay, no, no, keep, eight keep minutes going. of really good. Oh yeah, okay, yeah. So you know, I think that makes it a man. No, dude, it so, doesn't. This is a guy. Okay, but you've got Ben Affleck okay, there were, up your ass. You know what? There's there were some problems with the film. I mean, yes, the aut- autistic kid wasn't really represented too well. Nope. Almost Not, racist, uh, it was, sexist, whatever. Uh, <laughs> peopleist, whatever. Peopleist, totally peopleist. He's been peopled. A- and the fact that, you know, Jennifer Lopez, she's she's a lesbian in this. Yeah. And she f- ends up falling in love with Ben Hoofleck. Oh, my God. The worst rom-com story ever. Which just make no sense because the man's a total doofus in this. Chasing Amy never, no, never no, actually. No self-respecting lesbian was going to fall for this guy. Mostly because of his or, bad actor. Or any guy, because, you know, she's a lesbian. Uh, yeah. So I would imagine that, you know, if you're a lesbian, you probably had a few few problems with this movie. I I'm ha- not a lesbian. I, I had lots of problems with this movie. I am also not a lesbian, and that's why, you know, it had enough good in it that it's a man. It had eight minutes. We just counted. Eight minutes out of over two hours. Yeah, but those, you eight, are, those eight minutes made you, me happy. You are warped because of Ben Affleck. You've got this fucking fascination with Ben Affleck that he can do no wrong and he is very wrong in a lot of things and in particular this movie which was a rage it is it didn't get above 2.5 as a collective rating on IMDb which you know what you're giving him a pass People because like of, to pile on oh, Ben Affleck and I'm not having it Ugh. he went through this little phase where everybody hates Ben Affleck but then he made Argo and he made the accountant. He made all and these he made awesome Jiggly. movies. And he made Geely. Yeah. Which is solid. Which is a rage. For eight minutes. Uh, which makes it meh. You are broken inside. That's all I can say. All right. Well, let's move on because that's obviously a lie. <laughs> Whatevs. <laughs> so this week, you got to pull something from your sweet bag for me to... Uh, what do you got there, buckaroo? All right, I'm reaching into the bag as we speak. Sweet, sweet bag. And let's see what I come up with. What succulent dish do you have to serve me today? All right, we've got a movie from 2018, not that long ago. Hmm, sounds fun. And it's a comedy. Oh, I like comedies. Comedies are good. Not really, sort of. Who doesn't like to laugh? I do. Everybody likes to laugh. Who doesn't? Clowns, they're the best. All right. So the movie's called Night School, and it stars a Miss Tiffany Haddish, who I believe is on our doubted list. What? Maybe after you watch this, she'll come off of it. Maybe I'll, it'll be Amanda, and she'll come off the list. It could happen. It could. Well, if you could like Julie, anything's possible. Anything's possible. If you give people, I want everybody to just go online and search the the 100 worst movies of all times, Geely will be on it. And my buddy Bryce just gave it a meh. 
I am broken. He is broken. And next week, you're going to get... I will not stand for Ben Hooflack hating on this podcast. There's so much hate for this movie. But, okay, I will I will Tiffany Haddish up a bit, and maybe we'll get our little girl, Tiffany, off our doubted list. Yeah, good luck with that. <laughs> All right. Well, you know what that brings us to. That brings us to the end, I believe. It does bring us to the end. So, uh, first out, we're going to give a shout-out to our buddy, George, from... The best little horror house in Philly, because we're going to be on with him next week a couple times. We're going to do a double whammy with with those guys. So uh, thanks, Ragers, for listening. Thanks to the extended Film Rage crew of Murray, currently on self-distancing. Leonard Conlon for his artistic vision and photography via Leonard Conlon Photography. Our cartoonist, artist, Vaughn. And listen to us on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, and Spotify. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, and visit our website at filmrageyyc.com. We are always wanting your feedback to make this raging blast for all listeners. So please comment often and please make us rage. Please, please. That's it for this week. Rage on. Rage on. Rage on.